Bitcoin passes forty thousand dollars for the first time. Crazy. Are you are you invested? Did you hold? I don't have any. You don't have any. I remember uh, back at Firecracker, uh, Keith was like big on Bitcoin. Like that's all he like he would he would spend he actually he bought a he bought his car by selling Bitcoin. He basically just, you know, liquidated <laughs> some assets and now he feels dumb. He probably could have got like a Tesla with what he got a Yaris <laughs> at the time. What's going on everybody? Welcome to Without a Roadmap. It's your boy, Jonas, joined here by my co-host, Cameron. Cameron, what's going on, man? Bringing in the new year. Bringing in the new year. New year, new me. We bike. I mm. shouldn't say new me because I'm the same person. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you might have might have made some New Year's resolutions. You're moving. There's some, some new yeah. aspects. I remember my last year's resolution was to eat the salads. Yeah, <laughs> that lasted two months. <laughs> oh man, Cameron! Cameron had a, a salad counter, and he asked the team to to hold him accountable so that how many how many salads were you supposed to eat? I was supposed to be four a week. Four a week. Yeah. I mean, what's what's what? You got something similar going on this year? Or, nope. You know, just being realistic. Nope, not really. Um, we'll probably get into it a little bit later when we discuss our. 2021 early goals or focus areas. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, new year, I'm not going to say new me. Um, I think there's, you know, some things I, I, I'm trying to improve, but, um, you know, mostly looking forward to, to, you know, a lot of exciting stuff uh, on the parlor side. You know, we've got uh, a fundraise coming up. We've got, you know, some changes in the work structure. So we're hoping to get into a little bit of that today. Um, you know, but first off, you know, beginning of the year was definitely a, a little unique, um, you know, first day back to work, slack outage. Almost ended it. <laughs> yeah, that's that I was, I was ready to sign off I was, I was, <laughs> as if I needed any other reason to, to take the day off. Um, hey, I remember I guys to try to, to work. I was like, hey, I think I texted uh, John. I was like, is your Slack working? He's like, yeah, it's working. I was like, oh, well, mine is it. And then I kept trying, thinking it was just like my issue. I like restarted my phone, laptop, computer, everything, and it still wasn't working. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And then um, I think like right before our standup, like an hour later, he was like, yeah, mine's not working anymore. And then I go on Twitter and Slack, everyone, Slack is trending. And I saw mm -hmm. a tweet where it's like, all right, we'll give Slack another 15 minutes and we can call it quits for today. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny in, in that Twitter kind of breakdown was people were actually really kind to Slack about the the fact that they were down. It, it was yeah. like some teams who uh, whose products go down, there's an outage and, and people are like, you know, basically have pitchforks going on over <laughs> over Twitter. Um, but I was looking at the replies to their tweets and people are like, yeah, no, don't worry. Take your time. Like, I don't know if it's because they just didn't want to work. Or, yeah, no one wanted to work. <laughs> or maybe they just got like, you know, such a positive <laughs> brand um, recognition. And I probably you know, people, use it too. Yeah, that was combination of both. I was like, oh, that's that's. It was very heartwarming, wholesome to see. I saw another tweet where it was like, um, 
uh, Slack's engineering team wanted another day off. And so yeah, they... no. I mean, <laughs> and then they got the exact opposite. Uh, well, at least their marketing, <laughs> yeah. their marketing team for sure. Um, yeah. And then combination with that, AWS went down for a little bit, which is... Yeah. I, was that related? I mean, I mean, I imagine I it might be related. Maybe. It's just, that's more, even more frightening because like our product has some areas that runs on AWS. Mm-hmm. And like we used Notion and Notion was down because AWS was down. That's so, right. Yeah, I, I found out about that. It wasn't even a customer. It was actually, um, you know, like a prospect. Somebody who's looking into buying Parlor reached out to me and said, you know, something's going on with your health docs. And um, that's how I found out about it. But, yeah. Like the, the big three, if they all go down, like the world, at least in the mm-hmm. tech side, is almost over. Like if Google, AWS, and what, GitLab go down? <laughs> like, mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the SaaS businesses are shut down for until all of that is back working. Yeah, no, I would, I would definitely call it off, but um, you know, we made it, we made it past the first couple of days and uh, you know, I think there's some other eventful news happening in this first week of uh, January, 2021 is off to a great start, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, No fires (laughs) at all. No fires. Um, Everything is just peachy keen. And uh, I think it's, it's appropriate that, uh, you know, now that we made it past or we've already survived, um, you know, part of 2021, that we that we reflect a little bit on on what happened last year, obviously dumpster fire of the year 2020. Um, But, you know, I think uh, everybody kind of grew a little bit from that, you know, you kind of kind of grow from from these, uh, you know, tough situations. And uh, I thought it might be helpful to, to kind of talk about what happened to us last year, reflect on uh, some of the things that we learned and, and how we're, we're kind of going to use these learnings going forward into 2021. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I think one of the, the biggest things to probably start off with is the elephant in the room, COVID, how that impacted not only us, but everybody else involved. And I think the biggest impact, or not the biggest impact, but one of the things that has been kind of a big discussion as like the vaccine starts to get distributed hopefully throughout the year and people and we hopefully get the uh, virus under control is what the working situation is going to be I think a lot of people are probably still up in the air or there's a lot of conversations about what the work from home situation is going to be our company is going to be permanent work from home is it going to be some type of flex option are you going to have the option to just save 100% remote or if it's like these other things that have been talked about where maybe you work from home required two days a week and the other three days are back in the office or you do this type of like three days in the office, two online and you kind of repeat the cycle. Do you split different departments and teams that say Monday, Wednesday and Friday, marketing sales go in Tuesday, Thursday, product and engineer and then the next week that flips. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of open questions because I feel like a lot of people have also moved away from where their offices were located. Right. So if those companies now require you to be back in the office, what happens to those people's jobs? Are they forced to quit, resign, whatever it is? Are they forced to change companies, change teams to Mm -hmm. be closer to where their offices are? Right. Yeah. It's, it's, kind of introduce like a ton of, uh, you know, interesting conversations, but you know, for me, uh, 
it's, it's really opened my eyes to, you know, the fact that I'm actually open to working remotely. I think I've gotten really comfortable with it. And um, I, I think part of that is because I worked with you all in person for some period of time. And, you know, so we have, uh, we were able to, you know, develop relationships and uh, better understand how we work together. Uh, it might be hard joining a new company and working, you know, exclusively remotely. Uh, but I think I'm a lot more open to it. I think before, you know, COVID and working from home, um, it was never on my radar. Like I would never apply to, you know, I remember like I used to use Zapier at another company when I was applying for new jobs before Parler, I was looking at Zapier and I saw they're a completely remote team. And I was like, nah, all right, there it goes. Um, <laughs> like that would have been a super cool team to work on. But uh, I was hoping that they had like a New York office. I was like, nope, we're hundred percent remote. Uh, but now, you know, I, I might, I might pursue that sort of an opportunity in the future. So it was a, it was a good learning opportunity to see that that's something I'm open to, to experiencing. Yeah, for sure. I think I was probably always open it, to it because my dad growing up usually worked from home for the most for majority of the time because the office or the headquarters was based in the Bay Area and we live in Southern California. And so most of his time was spent working from home. And he obviously do like the business trips up to the office to meet the people in person, do those type of things that everyone is was accustomed to with business travel pre-COVID. But now that's also obviously changed as well. Like are people going to do more of that business travel? Is it going to be limited to maybe once or twice a quarter instead of once or twice a month? Like there's going to be a lot of impacts on that as the world starts to open back up, hopefully soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's definitely the financial benefits for companies being able to, you know, take out that that one, you know, sunk cost every month of, I don't know, crazy amount of money for right. for rent, uh, you know, leasing a space. Uh, and you can put that money towards, especially for startups who are paying, you know, crazy amounts of money to work in some sort of shared working environment. Uh, you know, that money could now hire you another like, you know, full stack engineer, you know, like, <laughs> right. that, that's, that could be a game changer for a, for a small company. And so I think, I think it's interesting. We'll be, uh, we'll be able to track kind of how that progresses and um, you know, but it, it, I think, going forward, my preference might be some sort of a flex schedule, which is, uh, I'm hearing that a lot from more companies that they're going to be, you know, have an office space and allow you folks to come in uh, if they're interested or, you know, if they have special meetings that they need to attend, but um, being much more remote friendly. Um, I think that's like strikes a good balance. Um, I don't need to see y'all every day. Um, that's, just a, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just the truth. And, and, you know, especially now everybody's got dogs that, you know, we, we probably attached yeah. super uh, anxiety and have separation anxiety once you start <laughs> yeah. to have them go have them going back to work and have to you know send them to the you know some sort of puppy daycare you know all that so i'm good on that you know yeah yeah i think i'm along the same lines i think i do really enjoy work from home and then i think i'd like the option to like maybe if i'm not living in the same city as the office go in once a month once a quarter i think what would really, be really cool is like to take um, the money you'd spend on office to be your hundred percent remote and have like a week long, um, retreat or something like that, or maybe not even a week long, a couple of day retreat, like Wednesday through Friday, be a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. Get together, have like a day or two of meetings and the last day is kind of just hanging out with a team. 
I think that aspect's really important. Um, you know, if you, if you don't know the people you work with, it's really hard to, you know, empathize for them. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, be, make sure that you're there to support everyone, get their backs. You know, it's like, I don't even, I barely know you. <laughs> like, yeah, well, sometimes when you're going in the trenches, you know, to, yeah, to, yeah. Get, to get work done. Uh, you never even met the person outside of, you know, the, you know, whatever this, your screen. I, I feel like there's definitely a psychological toll or impact that'll have on the, the quality of work. So I, I see that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, working with our team to make sure that we're kind of keeping morale up in these times and that everybody's taken care of. But I'd love to hear how folks are, you know, kind of addressing this at their own company. So, um, right. you know, if, if you've got any insights into, uh, you know, how your startup or uh, organization is, is addressing the, uh, the work from home challenge, please let us know. Mm. One last point on this is that you brought up, which I thought was funny. It was how you never met the person in real life. So it's like hard to like empathize with them and like um, form a special bond. I saw some tweet about this, like to end the years, like, well, gamers have been doing this their whole lives. Like you meet somebody <laughs> online, <laughs> you never really see them, but they're like your, your best friend. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that's why Cam was built for this. He was built for this time. Cam is our resident gamer. I do have, I have made like one really close friend that I've only met one time in person. And I talk to him every day from like for, through games. gaming. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was like wow. my, my teammates, one of my teammates, best friends. Okay. Okay. I've, I've had friends like that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mutual friends that you connect through games. You know, shout out to the yep. video games keeping us sane lately. Always. Um, but on to just more reflection. How about maybe we kick it off and just kind of think through like one or two things we're mostly reflecting on or trying to improve upon headed into this new year of 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2020 was a huge year for parlor. Um, you know, our team probably doubled in size. Uh, you know, we kind of made a jump into building a product that is, you know, kind of different from where it was at the time that we both joined, you know, taking this leap into the feedback management space. I saw early, I saw a design from like, I was just going through to find something in like Figma, I think. I saw a design from like the first couple months we started. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we, we put such an emphasis on, on building out the product this, like this past year, it was really, you know, we like figured, you know, did a lot of research at the beginning, you know, kind of beginning side of the year, figuring out exactly like what we want, how we wanted to approach this, this problem. Uh, and then spent the rest of the year basically like building it out and eventually starting to, you know, sell it, um, you know, actually, you know, hire a sales team and, and begin that process. And so we were really, you know, building out this really feature robust tool but right now one of the things that I think we need to go back and and spend more time on is the customer experience you know so we've got features we know that they're addressing pain points that people are experiencing uh, and I think from you know me and my perspective now uh, as a product person but also somebody who's working more and more closely on the customer side uh, is figuring out the ways that we can improve that customer experience so making sure that um, you know that that that's accounted for and you know there's as much um, emphasis being put towards 
towards the product development side as there is on, um, you know, ensuring customer experience is positive and that they're all successful and able to actually get the value that we know they can get through our product, but making sure that um, they can realize it and that we're shepherding them through that. So um, that's, that's, you know, really you know, high level, but um, one of the things that I'm hoping to, you know, planning to actively take, um, take charge on in this, uh, in this new year. Yeah, I think you're 100% before we had the luxury of not having that many customers where we can just go heads down and just keep building out features and more features without like taking care of all of our customers and making sure they're having a good experience, making sure they're getting value out of the product and, get, and working toward success within the product. And I think now uh, we don't have that luxury anymore because we have a lot more customers and they all, as they do have different needs, different ones, different things they need to be successful in the product. And we have to... Um, keep that in mind as we're also trying to expand our product and go into different areas and sell to different teams to have different offerings and have pretty much brand new product inside of another product um, very shortly. And so I think one of the things that's going to be super important is um, that I've been reflecting on is just to write more, right? Like more documentation, more overview of the features, take into account how, cause now before like we had, we can just build a feature and it didn't really connect to too many other places. Now we built one feature and there's like 10 things that it connects to. And you have to make updates to all those places, make things, mm -hmm. make sure those things are breaking, make sure the updates work with the new functionality and the new logic rules, whatever we're building. And so it's in order for us to be successful, we need to make sure that we're trying to take into account everything, either a new enhancement feature or potentially bug if there is one how that fits within the larger puzzle because everything's going to be connected now and we need to make sure we're taking that into account because we don't want to get into a point down the line where we just have all these different point solutions that don't really play nice together or causing breaks because we weren't taking into account how one change can affect the whole, the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, like all the line, everything's like connecting and coming together slowly now. I know that's uh, a lot of this is more on your plate now um, and, you know, kind of making sure that, you know, these dependencies are, uh, you know, accounted for and that everything works well. Yeah, I think it's slowly starting to come together for sure. Um, I think we're moving into the direction of trying to get better every day rather than hitting for these home run features and we're more so taking the time to make sure everything's connecting together because that's where the magic really comes where every part of your product is connected to each other and they're talking to each other and you're seeing value from multiple parts and only not only because for those that are purchasing the full set of product functionality how that's valuable to them but those that um, are only starting with a small piece they can see the vision of how everything works together and get excited about how they want to um, lean more into product to get more of that vision and more of that value that we provide. Mm. Yeah, we yeah. want to bring them as deep as possible. As possible. Land and expand. Yeah. That's the name of the game. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, on that point, I think um, over the summer, like, like you said, how we were just really trying to build out the feature and functionality, we, we were always just trying to keep our head above waters mm -hmm. and just making sure we always were pushing out something new. And I think now is a good time, as January always is, to reflect on um, how that went do like a, the normal retro, how that went and how we can improve upon it. That's because now, um, as we have more eyes on our product and people using it on a daily basis, we need to make sure that it's a good experience, like you were saying. And so taking the time to do all of the other ancillary pieces that makes the product experience a whole, because the product experience isn't really just about you using the product. It's about like 
all the documentation, the videos you see, the marketing aspects, it's, it's the whole thing is the product experience. It's not just a user logging into your system every day to use it. It's the whole experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think it kind of goes for saying with customer success as well. It's like your entire company is customer, like, you know, it represents customer success from the beginning sales process through marketing and in the product. And it's, you know, earlier last year, we were focused on product and building it out. And right. I, I think now that we're kind of digging out and obviously there's still a ton of stuff, a ton of work going on on the product side um, where we're recognizing that we have to, you know, make sure that those pieces are still accounted for that were, um, you know, a more well-rounded, you know, organization. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think, you know, it's good that we're aware of it, that we don't just kind of continue with the, uh, you know, the same old processes and, and um, not improve. But, you know, I think, um, you know, it's also going to be able to improve as soon as we, you know, close this, you know, round of funding, hopefully soon, and, and the team grows, and we have more people that can, you know, take on the work that we just don't have the time to do. I saw an interesting uh, thought where they were saying that product managers, so they're saying if a user or a customer only interacts with your product, um, that kind of turns the product manager into brand managers because their experience is only with the product. So say somebody um, never interacted with someone on the sales team, never interact with somebody on the customer success team, they're all, the, the brand and their experience they're getting um, is a reflection of the product you built, right? So, cause they, they only experience parlor from the, the product side. They haven't experienced, like they haven't talked to URI. They haven't talked to Keith. They haven't talked to anybody on the sales team. They haven't talked to Casey on anyone on the marketing team. Only their only interaction with parlor is through the product. And so if that's the case, product managers act as like brand managers uh, to an extent. Mm. So that's super yeah, interesting. It is interesting. And in, in our case, since, we actually have a pretty hands-on, you know, customer success experience. You know, we try and work as closely as possible mm-hmm. with our customers. Um, since they, you know, we're at a at a stage where we have, you know, we're not um, at such great scale where we can't give everybody that human touch. Um, you know, slowly working in the more tech touch is definitely going to be something that we focus on, uh, you know, as we scale. But right now it's, you know, we're, we're valuing the inputs that we're able to get from having these constant, com- you know, this constant line of communication with our customers. And we're able to learn so much from that. And obviously we want to make sure that everybody's happy. So, um, you know, I think as the product grows, um, you know, we're going to, you know, continue to recognize the, um, you know, by looking at analytics and, and watching people's, you know, full story sessions, uh, where those issues are, but you're never going to beat the ability to just reach out and talk to somebody. So I want to make sure that we, in 2021, uh, as a product organization, make sure that no matter how big we get, we're always going to have our, uh, you know, our ears closely with the, uh, with the customers, that's the goal. And as product, as our pro- product expands and we start to sell to more teams, the podcast is also going to expand and include other topics. So similar in the vein of how we did the customer success series, we're going to be expanding into other areas of the business to, to learn the ins and outs of those other areas and how they all um, interact with each other because teams nowadays aren't just siloed off into just doing their own their own thing like product doesn't really just work in product in a silo without talking to customers customer success sales marketing marketing doesn't really work without getting in line with how product is releasing new features and every team is pretty much connected in some shape 
or form. And so we want to use the podcast to explore all those different areas and how um, all those areas connect and collaborate and thrive together. Yeah. So if there's a, you know, anything in particular that you're interested in listening to or hearing about, please let us know. But we do have some exciting series coming up soon. Uh, very excited to to get guests back on the show. Uh, as much as I know you love hearing the, you know, just the Cameron and my voice, um, you know, we're we have soothing some, voices. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, now we have some heavy hitters coming up soon, um, you know, really hoping to, to bring some, you know, more organized and, uh, you know, kind of specific topics that can actually help you in your day to day and uh, make sure that we're tying them to real life um, scenarios that, um, you know, can ideally um, you know, be used to, to improve how you work. And, and just, yeah, I was gonna say, and as always, so we don't get yelled at, be sure to like subscribe and also share the podcast to, to expand our audience. That would be one of the things on our wish list, thinking ahead to the next holiday season already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you, referral bonus. Uh, Cam will send you some merch. A, yeah, <laughs> you some Boston, his, uh, some leftover Boston University uh, basketball shorts um, that for everybody that refers uh, a new listener.